you know, uh, we live in a world that uh, just has a lot of disappointment sometimes. Uh, and, you know, that's part of life. Uh, and as children of God, we must remember that even in disappointments, God's still God. Uh, so you know that uh, Leslie and I had disappointment last week. Uh, we are expecting to go to Bulgaria next month, and because of COVID, our trip has been put off another year. Uh, and so we hate that, but we know that you know it's, we'll, we'll go eventually, hopefully. Uh, and you know, COVID is rearing its ugly head, and it's ramping back up in Europe and. Um, you know, lots of folks are dying and just fighting and wars and killings and uh, Jackson uh, beat a record uh, this weekend with murders. Um, and so it's just a, a difficult time and if we're not careful, we can forget uh, the message of Christmas and what it is is that in a dark world, there's hope, and that hope is Jesus, and that Jesus is coming. In fact, he has come, and that's what we celebrate in Christmas, but the thing is, is that he also, because he came the first time, we know he's coming again. Um, and so this season of Advent uh, helps us to center ourselves on what Christmas is all about, and uh, I know I don't have to remind any of you that Christmas is not about presents, and it's not about parties, and it's not about parades, although those things are great and we enjoy those things. Christmas is about Jesus. His name is in the title, for heaven's sake. Uh, and um, Christmas is about the joy that comes because a God that loves mankind so much and wasn't content to be without them came and lived a perfect life. And then gave that life up and shed innocent blood so that whosoever would call upon him could be saved. To find new life. And so, uh, the season of Christmas, these four Sundays before Christmas comes, reminds us of, of waiting. And that's what that word Advent means, is waiting. Uh, that Jesus is coming. That we have that promise. And I, we're going to see in Isaiah, we're going to look at two different passages from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 9, if you want to flip there in your Bible or you can read it on the screen. Um, but Isaiah reminds us that God has always been with his people and that God will always be with his people. And so regardless of what circumstances or disappointments might come into our life, one thing is still sure, and that's Jesus is still Lord, and he's still King of Kings, and nothing can change and alter that fact. And so the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 and 15 say, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his, shall call his name Emmanuel. And he shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose good. Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, 
but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who, do, who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation and you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressors, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot on the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. A great reminder that Isaiah gives us that a promise is indeed coming. Remember, Isaiah wrote in a time of, of great difficulty and darkness for God's people. And hey, Isaiah had this message that God was going to bring punishment. And yet, even in the midst of that, God held out hope and a promise that he was with his people. We sang that uh, chorus, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's Leslie's favorite Christmas hymn. Uh, listen again to the words. Rodney, I think they're up there. I'm following the script. Okay. So verse 1 says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. O come, thou wisdom from on high and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to grow. O come, desire of nations, Bind all people in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. And then the chorus, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Certainly, Isaiah could identify with that hymn. Certainly we in the world that we find ourselves surrounded by can identify with that hymn. And so the season of Christmas or the season of Advent reminds us of some important things. And I think the first thing is this, that it reminds us of hope. We we're reminded that, yes, this world is dark. Just like Isaiah said, he said, listen, the land is a great darkness. 
In other words, things are miserable. And yet, in that land of darkness, God is going to bring light. At 9 o'clock, we looked at Isaiah chapter 60 this morning. And as Isaiah began his book with the gospel message and this hope of, of the coming of the Messiah, he ends the book the same way. Indeed, our hope comes not in our circumstances. Because if our hope is in our circumstances, our hope is gone in a flash, isn't it? Some days our circumstances are pretty good. But it might be the very next day. Matter of fact, it might be the same day that things that started out good may not end on such a good note. So our hope should not come, it must not come from our circumstances. It must not come from the things that we have. We all know the things we have today, we may not have tomorrow. Last year you could find turkey aplenty. This year... I think we probably all had turkey if we wanted a turkey, but they were harder to come by and they were more expensive this year. But our hope is not in things. And our hope is not in earthly governments. I'm thankful for our nation and there's nowhere I'd rather live. But we're certainly not a perfect nation. But I can tell you this, my hope is certainly not in the yo-yos in Washington. Although there are some good men and women who are there serving our nation and trying to do their best to, to lead our nation, it, it seems like there's something that happens when they get into that Washington, D.C. zip code. And, you know, smart people, their brain turns to mush, and they sometimes they lose sensibility and they lose decorum and, uh, you know and the thing is you might like this government you know, those that are in power now you may not thing is when elections come those people are going to change but here's the thing is that no matter who's been in charge whether it's been Republicans or Democrats it doesn't matter what political party our nation has always had problems and we've always had struggles. Because our hope should not come from the government. Government is necessary and it's good. In fact, the Bible says that God ordains government. And they were to pray for our leaders. And I hope that you do. Whether you like them and whether you voted for them or not, you need to pray for them and pray that God would give them wisdom and that they would seek the Lord. Um, and seek the Lord's direction and advice and knowledge and wisdom uh, for our nation as they make decisions that affect all of us. But our hope should not be in any of those things. You see, our hope is in God Almighty. And as Isaiah brought this message, when Isaiah ministered the northern ten uh, tribes of Israel, the, the that divided northern kingdom had been already carted off. And the southern kingdom was soon going to face that same 
circumstance. They were going to be taken captive and the land destroyed and walls knocked down and the city of Jerusalem was set on fire. In fact, that fire had burned for a century, you know, many, a couple centuries later when they would come back, the city was still on fire. Our hope is not in the things of this world because this world will one day fade away. But if our hope is in someone that has always been and always will be and is all-powerful and is all-knowing and is everywhere present, if your hope is there in him, you're in good shape. Even as as Isaiah, as we're studying through this wonderful book uh, at 9 o'clock, and we're almost finished with it. Isaiah reminds the people that, yes, even though you're going to be carted off captive, God is still with you. The Bible tells us that God used these two heathen, foreign, horrible armies as God's arms of discipline. That God was disciplining the children of Israel because of their disobedience to God and their unwillingness to surrender to Him their unwillingness to put their hope and trust in him. Instead, they put their hope in themselves. And they put their hope in foreign armies and in foreign uh, treaties. And they found it wasn't good to put their hope in those things because it failed them. And yet, even when they were carted off captive, God was still with his people. And eventually, God would bring his people back. And eventually, you know, God even worked in the hearts of heathen, secular leaders to give God's people money to go back and to rebuild Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls. Well, it didn't quite work for our wall with Mexico. Uh, It did work when God sent direction. And God used Nehemiah and Ezra and the uh, Israelites to rebuild the, the wall around Jerusalem and to rebuild God's city. You see, our circumstances don't dictate our hope. As a Christian, as a child of God, you should always have hope simply because Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I think we studied in Sunday school this morning in the book of Revelation. We looked at the last two chapters this morning. Guess what? We had the end of the book. We know who wins. It's not Satan. It's not the things of this world. God finally and once and for all defeats Satan and the things of this world and a new heaven and a new earth is created. And so our hope needs to be in God alone. He alone is the one who has proven himself trustworthy for us to place our hope in him. And so we mustn't put our hope in things or in ourselves or in government or anything else other than the Almighty. That's where our hope comes from. We say, come, O come, Emmanuel. 
And our hope as God's children is that, hey, listen, as God came born in that manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, just as surely as God said that was going to happen, and it did, Jesus said that if he left, he was going to come back and claim his children. And so we know that just as surely as he came the first time, he's coming again. And that leads us to the second thing, is that not only does Advent remind us of hope, but Advent prepares us for good news. This is the good news. This is what the gospel, the gospel simply means good news. And the good news is not that, hey, everything's going to work out okay. The good news is that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isaiah says, even those in faraway lands, even the Gentiles, God will save them and God will bring them to him. What a marvelous thing that is. That the message of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas and what Christmas came for and accomplished wasn't just for a few people, but it was for all people. It's good news for you, but see, it's good news for everyone. And it's good news that this season of waiting reminds us and prepares us that, hey, listen, if we put our trust in Jesus, if that's where our hope is, if we surrender our life to him and we receive that gift that he's given to us, we have eternal life. And we have peace. We have a wonderful counselor. We have a father. We have a mighty God that's on our side. And some of you may like to have the Alabama football team on your side. Some of you might say, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's Georgia. And by the way, George Bulldogs having a good year this year. Like they're the only ones undefeated. And yet, I would much rather have God Almighty as my defender than the defense of the Georgia Bulldogs. The good news is that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what team you are. It doesn't matter what color you wear. God loves you and God will redeem you. The good news is for everyone. And so whether you're a Georgia Bulldog or a Mississippi Bulldog, or you're even a rebel from Mississippi, just don't rebel against God. That's never good. Doesn't matter what you name. Doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or what language you speak or how smart you are or not are not. The offer of salvation is the same for everyone. And it was a gift that's offered to absolutely everyone. And that's what the good news is. That Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came. And surely he did. It changed and altered history. It changed the way that many uh, civilizations record history. 
We have B.C. and A.D., don't we? And they've changed something else now. Heaven forbid we should have B.C., but anyway, that's, that's another sermon for another day. Seth will be glad to talk to you about that kind of stuff. It changed human history. But here's the thing, it changed the history of eternity as well. And that's the most important thing. Advent prepares us for the good news and reminds us that it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. God loves you and God offers salvation to absolutely everyone. That's good news. That's wonderful. And that's what the message of Christmas is, that God gave this great gift to whosoever would receive it. It started on Christmas that Jesus came, born of a virgin. He was fully man and he was fully God. He lived a perfect and sinless life. And then, you know, a few months from now, we're going to celebrate Easter. Where we're reminded that as it began in a cradle, God's earthly story ends on a cross. When Jesus died, and shed his innocent blood for my guilty and your guilt and the guilt of all of the world. But oh, that wasn't the end of the story. Yes, that Good Friday happened, but Sunday morning happened. Easter happened. Jesus died, but he came back to life. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And because Jesus did that, and because he says, whosoever will, come to me, and I will give you rest. Jesus reminds us over and over again of this good news, and friends, we have the opportunity, and people are more open this time of year than any other time of year, for you to share a message of hope, the message of Christ, the message of what Christmas really is all about. that it's about Jesus. But then here's the the kicker of it. Yes, it, it reminds us of hope and it prepares us for good news, but Advent lastly reassures us of King Jesus. You see that Isaiah says, you know what, there's going to come a baby. And the government of the whole world is going to be upon his shoulders. And we'll call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And of the end of his government, there will be no end. You see, just yesterday it seemed... Mighty certain that the Auburn Tigers were going to wallop up on the old elephant of Alabama. But a couple hours later, when they finished four overtimes, it was the Tigers that lost. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes it seems like God's people are losing the game. But here's the thing. 
God wins. And Jesus reigns victoriously. And he'll reign victoriously forever and ever. The question is whether we will be there to reign with him or not. He's going to reign. He's going to be king of kings and lord of lords with or without us. But praise God, he loves us so much. They says, you know what, I want Aaron Baldridge to come and reign with me. And you put your name in there and Jesus wants you to reign with him. And just as surely as Jesus came the first time, as Isaiah promised, 200 years, you know, several hundred years, in fact, later, Jesus would come. Just like God said. In fact, God even used the prophet Micah to say even where the baby was going to be born. And it happened just exactly as he said it would. But Isaiah also tucked into this prophecy about the coming of Jesus, what Jesus would accomplish. He said he will reign and he will reign forever. You see, this world's not all that there is. That we were created for eternity. We are but passing through in this world. But we were made for an entirely different world. And we'll spend most of our days somewhere entirely different. And we make the choice of where that is. And here's the thing, some days you may not feel particularly saved. You may not feel like a particularly good Christian some days. And yet, Isaiah chapter 7 and 9 reminds us it doesn't matter how you feel. That God says, you know what? I'm going to send a son, and that son is going to reign forever. And of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. In other words, it's going to be eternal. It's going to go on forever. This life and the things of this life will end for all of us someday. But when this life ends, eternity just begins. And so the message of Christmas to remind us and fill us with hope that, hey, it doesn't matter how down and out we might be in this world or how many times we flopped up that God loves to rebuild and God loves to reclaim, God loves to redeem and he will if we'll let him. It, the message of Christmas reminds us and says, listen, just like he came that first time 2,000 years ago now, he's coming again. He's reigning now and he'll reign for all eternity because he is king of kings and lord of lords. And so if things are not going our way and there are struggles, Christmas reminds us that, hey, listen, it's okay because Jesus has got me. And if Jesus has got you, he's got your problems and he's got your insecurities and he's got your failures. So Christmas, Advent, reminds us of hope. 
It prepares us for good news. Now, the gospel is for everyone, not just for us. And not just for those like us in, in our town, but for absolutely everyone. And then the message of Christmas reminds us and gives us great assurance that Jesus is king. And that he's king now. And he always will be king forevermore. And as Jesus reigns as king of kings and lord of lords, there will be peace. And that peace will never end. And that peace will never stop. And so we need to often be reminded of this message of Christmas, even those of us that grew up in church, and maybe you've been in church since you, know, you were a little baby, and there never was really a time when you weren't in church. And you've heard it you know, every year, over and over. The thing is, it should never grow old to you. And we need to hear it every year, and we need to hear it throughout the year. This message of good news and hope that comes not from this world, but only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you don't have that assurance, you can get it today before you leave this place by receiving that great gift that Jesus gave. God loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would call upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this season and the message of Advent, the message of your coming, Lord. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, would you help them today to be this to be the day, this first Advent Sunday of 2021, be the day that they would call out to you? to receive that great gift that you gave on the cross. Maybe there's one of us here today, Lord, we're saved and we're children, but or maybe we're struggling really bad. And Lord, we don't particularly feel saved and our hope is wavering. And today we need to shore up our hope and to be reminded our hope is not in this world, but our hope is in you. Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us to be obedient children. Help us to live for you, to shine brightly the message of Christmas to our community and to our home around the world. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together, friend. And God spoke to your heart, and there's a decision you need to make today. This would be a great day to make that decision. Desire of nations bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease and be thyself our king of peace rejoice
shall come to thee, O Israel. Prayer in my heart is, Lord, even so come. Emmanuel shall come to you. The good news is, is that Emmanuel has come. And he's coming again. I hope God will encourage us and remind us of that. And I hope that you'll share that message uh, with your neighbors and your family and your co-workers and, and others that you come across. Because there's people all around us that need to remember that promise is here. And it's coming again one day. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Remember... Uh, those of, uh, families that have uh, kids, please see me after before you leave. Uh, I want to give you one of these uh, Advent kits. Um, and so God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Remember, 4 o'clock, we're going to meet at the Romines. Um, pizza. Uh, if you come help. So uh, please come help. And uh, we'll have a great time of fellowship and get a lot of work done, too, for the glory of the Lord and uh, to help uh, represent the Lord to uh, our community. So uh, thank you for being here. Brother George, let's miss us in prayer as well.